Agent Carter, all hands on deck. I didn't know our government had such good taste in secretaries. What's your name, darling? Agent. A little bird once said to me, you gotta live a little before you're happy. Now, Miss Carter. I go to work. Is that what you've got? You look like a lady looking to dance. I'm afraid I'd only step on your toes. You boys play nice. Marvel's Agent Carter. of Agents of Carter Cast. I am Sergeant Sella, aka Chip Sella, and joining me tonight is the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing Agent Andy Ant-Man Ass Crumpet Urquhart. How you doing, Ass Crumpet? I swear my title gets longer and longer <laughs> and longer every week. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good, Chip. How are you? <laughs> Pretty soon, the you know, the first twenty minutes of the show will just be introducing Andy. That that, <laughs> that is the you know that is the goal. It is Chip is writing his own version <laughs> of the Silmarillion. <laughs> so that's a Lord of the Rings joke. If uh, uh, yeah, if all right. aren't aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you lost it on me. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you know, I I went to a midnight showing of uh, the Fellowship of the Rings. And well, we know what happens when I go to movies, especially midnight movies. Especially movies where half the movie is just a bunch of people walking. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then you know, I never went back to see it again, and yeah. So uh, I've never, so I never seen any of the other ones. I own them all on Blu-ray, though. But <laughs> <laughs> I never actually got to sit down and uh, rewatch them. Or watch them the first time, so maybe you'll get time once you retire. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, no, because then you just could do more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure uh, Freeman will find something else for me to do with my free time. <laughs> yeah. So, so how are you doing today, Andy? Good, good. I had I had a clear day off, and I was just mentioning to you before the show. Mm-hmm. I spent ten hours playing The Witness. Yeah, we'll leave that for the B team. That is really yeah. not a game to discuss no, on this show. <laughs> I've thought about it all day. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> we could talk. Uh, I, I Well, actually, we'll refer them to 42 Level 1 and the B team, where uh, on last night's B team, you, uh, Fred, and I discussed uh, the... Lego Marvel Avengers in pretty decent detail. Yeah. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered it there. Um, if you want to hear more about that, head over there. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, uh, your favorite Marvel Cinematic Heroes are all there. And then some. So, definitely, if, if you, uh, and, and it is a good family game. Mm. And Agent Carter is in it. Agent Carter is in it. Is Jessica Jones in it? I haven't come across it as of yet. <laughs> okay. So, uh, speaking of Jessica Jones, uh, a, I th- we might have a tweet or two that we want, want to take care of. But uh, we did do our final post-mortem Jones and for Whiskey podcast this week. This Sunday, and we had some awesome guests. We had Norma, Normie from uh, Knuckleballer Radio, and we had my wife. Hmm. Yeah, it was a, a great show. I'm, I'm really glad we did that wrap-up show. Because um, although we got through everything and the episodes and whatnot, it was good to get a couple of different perspectives on, on the show, especially like the female perspective, because we hadn't had that at all throughout mm-hmm. the series. Yeah, our show tends to be a bit of a sausage fest. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, we a couple tweets just to, just to, just to put the final touches on J- Jessica Jones until next season. Uh, 
Uh, Timothy Hernandez did send us a tweet saying that there was no other way to go with Kilgrave, according to the producer. I still think that they killed him because of... In fact, I shouldn't have maybe said that. I'll edit that out. Uh, I think they went that way, just in case people haven't watched it yet. I, I think they went that way with it because they didn't want it to end up like Daredevil's ending. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they actually uh, they talk about why they moved it, why they uh, went with the full-blown rape uh, versus... Mm. Uh, you know, just having her watch, and they just said it to make it simpler, simpler storytelling-wise, and to make it more about Jessica than the other victims. And uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And basically, yeah, I don't know. The for some reason, it's going to a different link. Okay, but yes, I had read something too that they just basically they wrote themselves into that corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, any other tweets? Uh, nothing for Jessica Jones. Okay. And the other one kind of has something to do with tonight's Agent Carter, so I'll save it for that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I did, I did see that one. I actually saw this one yesterday um, before I watched the episode, and I knew it was going to be a classic, and it, and it was. <laughs> so... So yeah, do you want to just get right into the episode yeah, then? Let's let's do it, Andy. Let's nice Must be an absolute show. record. Five minutes in, and Five we're already talking yet, about the episode. Yeah, there's there's no news. We've we've done our little video game shtick. Um and maybe it's because you and I have just done three uh podcasts in what four or five days that we're just sick of mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> yeah. let's get I mean, this I, over with I don't want to talk to that asshole anymore this week <laughs> I know what you're saying Andy because I'm saying the same damn thing so. I, I, I did do three podcasts in a row yesterday yeah you, you were the Iron Man <laughs> again yeah. it's a few times I've done that now it was good fun though. Good fun. been there done that got the t-shirt oh I did want to just direct people to uh, I, I know it's, he's not in our uh, cinematic universe but uh, the Deadpool marketing train is fantastic. They've been doing a great job with Deadpool. Yeah, I mean, like, they're breaking the fourth wall. They're doing everything with him. They had him, like, doing a, a, a cancer video this week, which was hilarious and also very uh, informative. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've you saw it. There, there's too many of them. It was, uh, what was it? He was encouraging you to touch yourself. <laughs> was he? But in an informative and amusing way. Okay. He's Deadpool. Yeah, you can. He's Deadpool. Yeah. But you can find that uh, that video on online. Very funny. But yeah, um, Agent Carter. Let's get into it. So this would be episode four. Mm-hmm. And what was it called, Andy? It was called Smoking Mirrors. <laughs> okay. We're we're on we're on ball tonight, Andy. I mean, you, you know the name of the episode already. We don't we're, we're not futzing around with that. Nope. No. Well, this this show's gonna it's it's gonna go badly wrong somewhere in here. <laughs> the recording is going to be warped. We're gonna sound like Satan. You know, something like that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this episode kicked off with a flashback to uh, what I would refer to as Baby Carter, which is uh, <laughs> little girl Agent Carter. Um, I don't know that Sarah needed to see this, or like being a hero with a uh, a wooden sword and fighting with her brother and stuff like that. But it was, it kind of gave you a little bit of background for what she was like as a kid. I don't know that I wanted to see that though. <laughs> I liked it. Mm? I mean, I, you know, I, Peggy is such an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, uh, especially for the time period that she's in, where women are pretty much kept down and in the kitchen and in the bed, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. To see her, just to see what she was like and how she basically became uh, the badass super agent that we love, 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. We didn't need uh, Marvel Gotham or whatever you want to call it. But, mm-hmm. um, Baby, Car- oh, yeah. Baby Carter. Baby <laughs> Carter. Um, but at the same time, it worked. I mean, it was cool to see, you know, she is such an amazing character. I think it was uh, worth uh, seeing where she came from and how she developed into the person that she became. Mm. And, and, and just some of those milestone moments. Yeah, I, I did like the other ones, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to those as we go through here. Um, back in the in the present day, or the, the Peggy Carter present day, um, Wilkes and Peggy have a bit of uh, heat going on, mm-hmm. you know, some sparks, and Wilkes mentions that he's frustrated, which was, uh, it was a bit awkward, that, for me. <laughs> well, I like the way they kind of segued into this, because, you know, they show mm-hmm. Peggy uh, battling with a sword and her brother and all that stuff, and her mom saying that, you know, Peggy, someday you're going to have to learn to be a lady, and you see her sucking down a sandwich and spewing mayonnaise uh, all over the place. Not yep. like, not very ladylike, and it was just it. It just made the scene that much more, uh, or it gave it that much more impact. I guess would be the way to phrase it. Yeah, and it was quite funny as well. Yeah. Like when she she's like this, the uh, man is just at the sandwich and it just like goes straight through Box's arm. Yeah, <laughs> and then she she yeah. uh, wipes it up with her finger and eats it. Yep. Yeah, we also find out that uh, Whitney Frost patented a super powerful uh, reactor, and she's also way smarter than Wilkes. Um, he refers to her as being what more than a genius. Yep. Uh, a nosy maid brings a package of rats to Whitney Frost. I hate rats. <laughs> I really I don't like do. Rats I, I, I just rats just skeeve me out. Yeah, I've never owned rats. I've had like gerbils and hamsters and mice and stuff, but never rats. I do not like them. Yeah. But it was kind of weird because this maid like brought her a package mm-hmm. and she's like, there's something moving in there. And you're like, well, like you're a maid. Like that's not your job. You deliver the package. Mind to your me. own damn business and get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's got a bit like above her station there. Like, mm-hmm. going, what's in this package? It's none of your goddamn yeah. business. Back to your yep. maid duties, bitch. <laughs> yep. And meanwhile, uh, Jarvis gets uh, gets Carter a Chadwick button, <laughs> which he tosses away, which is always hilarious. He's like, I don't need this. Throws it away. And they tell uh, Chadwick, uh, Rufus Hunt is his driver and is also his assassin. They, they managed to work this out because he's got the same injury that Peggy inflicted on the assassin that tried to kill her last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, they find out, is also the head of security at the arena club. Okay. Uh, Jarvis has this tranquilizer rifle just stashed in his boot or trunk just in case he ever needs a tranquilizer rifle to knock out uh, Tony uh, Howard Stark's koala. <laughs> Apparently, koalas are evil beast. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we then see another flashback where Whitney Frost, whose name is Agnes Cutney, I think it was. Cullen? Um, you, Cull, Cull, Cullen? Cullen? Cullen, Cullen Cully, yeah, uh, Cully, Cully, right. something like Cully. that. Cully, all right. Yeah, I think it's Cully. Uh, Agnes Cully, and they call her Aggie when she's she's little. Um, we see her as a young child fixing a radio, a broken radio. Yep. Which is, I suppose, is, is something that like young girls wouldn't have done back then. Probably not. And her and her mum get a visit from Uncle Bud, who is not there. Is not her uncle. Uncle Bud, the creepster. Yeah, the creepster is the guy that her mum is seeing, basically. Right. And he's an ugly guy. <laughs> and her mum's quite pretty actually, and like she seems to be just seeing him for his money. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty well implied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, present day, Whitney Frost gets a visit from her husband, and he tells her not to be late for the photo shoot. And it, immediately, when she said that she wouldn't be late, I wrote down, "I bet she is late." <laughs> because I mean, why did they even mention that if she was good? Because if she that's was good. what wives do. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> <laughs> getting ready and dropping early, looking looking marvelous. Exactly. Yeah. And my wife doesn't even listen to this show. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mine does. She's just. I think she. I think she's just late out of spite. <laughs> yeah. uh, we then see her absorb a rat <laughs> with her. Uh, I don't know what you what you call it. Like her absorb power thing. Yeah, her, her, she's absorbed. Yeah, she's a fucking Charmin. She, she's Venom. <laughs> <laughs> she's Venom. So uh, Peggy and Jarvis have come up with this plan to uh, capture Hunt. It's uh, this guy. Um, Jarvis knocks on his door and puts on a terrible American policeman accent when he chaps the door, and this uh, causes him to like run out the back door where Carter is waiting for him and shoots him a tranquilizer dart, which supposedly had enough uh, tranquilizer in it to knock out a rhino and didn't knock him out, which is quite crazy. Yeah, I was wondering, okay, what's up with that? Mm. So you don't know, I mean, he's maybe he's been augmented in some way. But um, after a brief scuffle, they do manage to get him into the trunk slash boot of the car. But <laughs> immediately when he, when, they, uh, when they close it, the guy opens it again and uh, they kind of knock him out. But in, in amongst that, uh, Jarvis ends up getting a tranquilizer that's stuck in him. I'm not sure how that happened. Like, I watched that scene back a couple of times mm-hmm. and I was like, how the hell did he get that tranquilizer dart on him? Because I thought the gun must have gone off, but there was no like sound of the gunfire or anything. Well, it is a tranquilizer dart, so there it's it's not like there's a gunpowder uh, report. I know, but there's still you would be like uh, an audible noise. I didn't and I didn't hear one, but, but anyway, like he did, he got he got hit with a tranquilizer and uh, he faints and says Jarvelis, <laughs> which is fantastic. It was. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> We're going to have to work was, that into our routine. Definitely. Jar- Jarvis was uh, brilliant in this episode. He was so funny. Well, I, I think it's a lot of the charm of the show is just the way he and uh, Peggy work together. Definitely, and they were absolutely mm. on fire yep. in this episode. Their, their dialogue and interchanges were top notch. <laughs> um, they get so they get back to uh, I think it's like the place that Peggy's staying at. It's not not her house, or, or is it Stark's place? It's I Stark's place. Sure. It's Stark's place, right? Yeah. It, so they get back to Stark's place, and uh, Jarvis is passed out in the car. Uh, Sue's is waiting there for them, and. Uh, Carter claims that Jarvis is drunk and that they have a possum in in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, Susa then hears the guy shouting, "Help! Let me out!" <laughs> and he's like, mm, "Okay." So he, he kind of berates Carter for kidnapping this guy. But then he offers to he, he does offer his help because he he wants to help Carter and he knows that she wouldn't do something like this unless it was absolutely necessary. Uh, Jarvis is kind of like lying on the couch while this is going on, <laughs> and he's what he says, "Oh, mommy, it's the biggest horse ever." ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm wondering, is any of that just ad lib, or you know, uh, did they write that, or did he come up with it and do a, you know, a, I, I, I'm just curious, you know, th- th- because it was just, it was a great line. I would love to see the outtakes where the mm-hmm. cast just starts busting a gut with that one. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, Jarvis, uh, Jarvis cracked me up because he's brilliant. Uh, we then see Sousa and Carter interrogating Hunt. Uh, he mentions that he's been tortured before and says he won't break. Uh, he also says that Carter is running around playing Elliot Ness. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> who that is? Uh, Elliot Ness was a famous, uh, I'm going to say FBI, I don't know if it was actually FBI or whatnot, uh, government agent, and I believe he is the one who uh, chased and finally arrested Al Capone. Okay. All right, he, he is a very famous federal agent from the early 20th century. Hmm. Okay, cool. I, I'd never heard of him before. I was like, who the fuck is Elliot Ness? And I'm like, looking up Elliot Ness Marvel. And like, no, he's, not, <laughs> he's not a superhero. Yeah, no. <laughs> looking, at, looking up uh, the wrong Wikipedia. 
Yeah. But um, uh, Carter says, nope, we don't have time to torture you. <laughs> and like prepares a syringe. Uh, we get a flashback to 1940, which isn't that long ago, because we're only, what, uh, late, late 40s here now? Just after the war. Yeah, I think we're it's, around 46, 47. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's about forty-seven. Uh, we see a younger Peggy Carter uh, is engaged to someone called Fred, Peggy Rojas. It's got a bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, she gets uh, an offer. <laughs> I know. She gets an offer uh, from her boss. Uh, she's a code breaker at this point. Uh, she gets an offer from her boss to join the SOE, uh, which I, I can't remember what it stands for. It's like Special Operations and in, in I don't know whatever it is. But it's basically the precursor to the, uh, uh, what's the, ah, I've forgotten the name of the thing. SSR, there we go, SSR. It's too many, too many initials. S-H-I-E-L-D. <laughs> SSR. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, she's, yeah, she gets an offer to the SO to join the SOE as a field agent, which is uh, the SOE is basically the precursor to the SSR, which is the precursor to shoot. <laughs> well, I think it's the British uh, precursor to their version of Shield. I don't think it was uh, the American SOE. Oh, so oh, okay, so it's probably the precursor to Strike. <laughs> to Strike or uh, what was uh, the British uh, intelligence thing back in the. In World War Two, I can't remember now, but the real one. No, can't remember. <laughs> it was like Winston, it was Winston Churchill. Yeah. It was like a specialist war, uh, and specialist war kind of secret agent people, which was a it was a real thing. It's, it's also mentioned the disaster. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, yes, yeah, they do mention that she's already an exceptional code breaker and. But she says that she doesn't think she's cut out for that kind of work, and she will have to discuss it with her fiance. And then we see back in the present, uh, Carter injecting Hunt with uh, ma- malaria, which she tells him will be fatal in twenty minutes unless he gets the antidote, and she'll be back in ten minutes. But it turns out that she's actually only injected him with an intense cold. <laughs> and I loved this uh, interchange between Souza and her. Yep, you. You injected him with a cold, well, <laughs> a really bad one. It, yeah. it was, it, you know, it was, it was, it was like something out of Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was, it, 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 it was just fantastic the way it was delivered. Like this episode had so, like so many good little mm-hmm. moments in it, like mm-hmm. that, and and it was, it was kind of a breath of fresh air after. Like I, I wasn't that keen in the last episode, but this one was brilliant. Um, we get another flashback to uh, Oklahoma in 1928 where we see uh, Agnes Cully, who is Whitney Frost when she was younger. Again, um, this, this time, Uncle Bud, whose name is Schultz, so it's Bud Schultz, which I don't think is uh, any Marvel character again, is uh, is cheating. Turns out he's cheating on uh, her mum and he tells our mom and obviously Aggie as well to get out because <laughs> well, it's his house. The the interesting part of this was that he said that she says that the girl that uh, Bud is cheating on her with is just <laughs> a year older than uh, Agnes or Whitney, however you want to call her. Yeah. So so it's super creepy. It, yeah, it's super creepy. And then there was uh, and. It also made the line that her mom delivered kind of creepy as well, very creepy is uh, because she goes, her mom tells her you could have been nice, nicer to him. Mm. And is that meaning that she wanted Agnes or Whitney to uh, sleep with him? don't think so, Chip. I don't think any, I see, any mother, oh, even even an asshole mother like this one, I don't think that uh, she was meaning that. The I, woman's I a she, whore. I mean, she, she uh, the mom is a whore. Bottom line, whether in uh, whether actually in name, but certainly indeed. I mean, she's basically sleeping with this guy to pr- to provide a roof over her head, 
her head for her and her kid. I would. I would and I was just you. and just it just hit me that is that what she meant? You could have been nicer to him, as in she wanted uh, Whitney to uh, help the guy out. Take one for the team. I, 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 you know, and I really hope not. <laughs> for some reason, I just got that vibe, Andy. And I, I mean, I may be way off base, but and I, I mean, yes, it's it, which makes it even creepier. Maybe I've just been watching too many Marvel Netflix shows, and you know, that's uh, coming from coming from that uh, space. I, I do think calling her a, a whore is a bit unfair, though, because it does seem like she was like she was only with the guy for his money, but she's basically like doing what she needs to do to get by. Like she doesn't have any; she obviously doesn't seem to have any like skills or anything like that. So well, apparently she does have some skills. Well, but. yeah, in the bedroom, yeah, but she's shacked up with this guy, and like she's upset when she's like found out that he's cheating on. Well, uh, is she upset that he's cheating on her, or is he, she upset because he's t- tossing her to the curb? Yeah, well, yeah, it's good bit both. But I mean, it doesn't seem like like I mean, she wouldn't get that upset if she'd been cheating on him as well. So she's at least a loyal, loyal to him seemingly. I, I kind of got that impression anyway. But anyway, um, she uh, the, she gets in a bit of an argument with Agnes and uh, throws this letter at her that shows that she got rejected from university. And her mum tells her that her her face is the only thing that's going to get her anywhere in this world, which is terrible advice. <laughs> Terrible advice, although it might have been more like apt back then. Well, it also explains why she's freaking out with uh, venom oozing out of her fi- out of uh, her forehead. Yep, and it, it totally like reminds me of venom. That thing, it's, it's very weird, and I I know it's not going to be venom, so I know I'm going to be disappointed when we get to the reveal of like what it is eventually. But yeah, it's. It's not Venom, sadly. <laughs> Imagine it was, though. <laughs> it's not. Um, anyway, back in the present day, Whitney Frost is late, as I predicted. Uh, well, she's more she's than not, late. She she's ain't coming. Late. Her husband phones her. She's like, nope, I'm not coming. <laughs> and just hangs up on him. Like, no, nah, fuck your photo shoot. Not coming. Boom, phone down. I'm playing with my rats. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> yep. Um... During the interrogation, uh, Hunt gives Carter and Souza some names after uh, he starts to show the effects of a nasty cold. <laughs> and he gives them the name uh, Thomas Clouster, which, again, did not recognize from a, a Marvel name. No. Um, he also tells them that the Arena Club are behind many things, including Black Tuesday and President McKinley. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, are these real events, or is yes. this like... Okay, so what is Black Tuesday? I don't know what that is. Black... I thought it was Black Friday. Well, no, Black... Maybe no, Black it was Friday Black is Tuesday. Uh, Black Tuesday was the crash of the America, the New York Stock Exchange, and God, I'm... I'm Somebody's going to correct me on this. I believe it was 1929, mm-hmm. um, and the start of the American Great Depression. Okay, okay. And what, what about President McKinley? I, I didn't even know President there was a President McKinley, McKinley was, and I, I'm not even going to, I'm not even <laughs> going to guess what year it was. He might have been the one around 1900. Uh, was an American president that was assassinated. Okay, okay. So yeah, my my American history is not up to stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for, and neither is yeah. mine. But I can <laughs> at least I can fake it. Yeah, I I, I just looked them up there, and, and you're right. <laughs> it was about 1900. Okay. Uh, he also tells them about a storage room at the club, um, the Council of Nine. Uh, record their meetings that they have, and. Everything about Calvin Chadwick and the others, the information they need is on these tapes. Uh, whilst this has been happening, Jarvis has been helping Wilkes with his theory, and obviously he can't write on <laughs> on the chalkboard, so Wilkes yeah. is telling Jarvis what to write down. Um, Wilkes is like concentrating quite hard on the chalkboard, and he sees he ends up seeing like a rift open up in it, which mm-hmm. was kind of weird. 
Um, it's kind of like like the uh, the riff we saw in the video, but with like a light in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Which was odd, but we'll we'll get more uh, more to that a wee bit later. Um, but uh, so Souza and Carter head back to the SSR and they plan to raid the arena club. Uh, basically, they've they've got a plan together and they've got the blueprints and everything, and they've requested their warrant. As soon as it comes, they're ready to go. But they get immediately shut down by the war department. And red. And yeah, red. His his name is Masters in the show. No, it's red. <laughs> it's red. Yeah. I he, want. He I, I I really want him to call somebody a dumbass. <laughs> he comes in and uh, puts the kibosh on it by doing an audit on them, basically, an audit on all of their cases. Uh, he pulls Carter aside and it tells her that her and Susan's like uh, word is not good enough, and he wants them to bring in the informant. And he's like quite insistent about it, so Carter is like, "Nope, not bringing him in," because I think she kind of suspects that he's involved somewhere here. Yep. He also um, he also mentions that Carter is an independent thinker, and that uh, a tidal wave is coming, Miss Carter. You'll have to work very hard to stay afloat. She says, "Oh, I'll manage." And, he, and then he, he replies, "Maybe so, but your friends could still drown." <laughs> Which is a bit threatening. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we then see another flashback to a younger Peggy Carter again, 1940. And um, we see uh, Peggy and Fred. It's not Fred Rojas. I was incredibly disappointed that it was not Fred. <laughs> uh, meeting... I, but I believe he might have been an agent of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we see Peggy and uh, her fiance meeting with her brother. And this, uh, this is the, at their engagement party. Now, the, this scene was... That was a lame-ass engagement party. Yeah, it was... Well, it was outside, which was weird. And there was, like, just a piece of brown paper in the back that said, Congratulations, Peggy and whoever. Fred. 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 Okay. <laughs> and it, it, it's quite... They're, they're sitting having a drink, and, uh, like, uh, Michael, who's Peggy's brother, tells Peggy to, like, down her drink. And Peggy's like, No, 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 I don't do that anymore. <laughs> She's proper. She's a lady. <laughs> but it was quite funny to, to see that kind of interaction between them. And I, I really liked Michael in this scene. I thought he was really cool. Um, especially when, like, uh, Fred, who seems like, I think he's like a, he's like a kind of, not quite an army general, but he's a, a more higher up in the in the army anyway. Certainly one of, one of the brass. An officer. Yeah. But he asks, uh, he asks Michael, how life is at the front he says tell me Michael how goes it at the front and um, Michael says to him well there are lots of Nazis and they tend to shoot at you a great deal apart from that scenery is splendid which was hilarious (laughs) well Fred this Fred just to make sure that we're not mixing him up with any other Freds um, (laughs) is kind of a douche Mm -hmm. I mean uh, he's uh, stiff Proper. He, he's kind of like Jarvis would be if Jarvis didn't actually wasn't actually amusing. Yeah, like Jarvis is quite eccentric though. Yeah. Um, like Fred is not. Fred no. is boring. Boring. Like, yes. He, he does say a boring life is a privilege. And oh my god, if I ever say that, shoot me in the head, please. <laughs> like oh, this guy was just a, such a boring like. Uh, and it's like, just, what is Peggy? And I think her brother was kind of thinking, what the hell is Peggy doing with this tool? Yeah, what does she see in him sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, he, he leaves to go and get a drink, and uh, Michael tells Peggy that he, it was him that recommended her to the SOE, and uh, Fred's basically told him no. <laughs> they, he says, we decided, they say we decided, but I mean, really, it's him yeah. that's decided that she's not going. And he mentions that Peggy had always wanted a life of adventure. In present day, we, obviously Peggy did get this life of adventure and had all the adventures in the war as well as everything that's happening now back home. And over at the SSR, uh, Sousa tells Peggy that he's in this till the end, which the way he said that, I am convinced he's dead this season. Like, <laughs> people don't say that unless they're going to die. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I don't think the show's going to make it to a third season, but 
we'll we'll get to that. Um, I I just think uh, it is him probably having some regrets about uh, his engagement choice. Mm-hmm. I I would agree. Yep. And whether or not that uh, equates to him ditching his fiance, uh, you know, there's a scene shortly uh, further down in the episode where uh, he sees the way Peggy and uh, Wilkes mm. are connecting. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that uh, he's a little jealous about it. Yes, yeah. Um, he did manage to uh, sneak a tissue sample from Jane Scott's autopsy. Um, I believe that was the frozen lady from episode one. Yeah, that's the lady in the lake. Yeah. And he gives that to Peggy. Um, they then, I, I'm not quite sure like what they did with that, though, because it didn't seem to tie into anything else that happened in this episode. <laughs> but maybe they'll, maybe they'll come back to it. Um, they then go and cut Hunt free. Hunt's the assassin guy who they had tied up in the basement. Um, they cut him free and uh, Sousa lets Hunt knock him out. <laughs> and he then runs straight back to Whitney Frost. <laughs> As and, any good henchman does. Right. And there's a good line here from uh, because uh, he uh, Sousa whines about having to get punched. <laughs> and Peggy goes, well, he hit, you know, you got off easy. He hit me twice or something to that effect. I think he's, she says, oh, he choked me out twice already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they've uh, they've they've sent him back and they've bugged him so that they can eavesdrop on their conversations. And the the bug that they use is a really obvious bug. <laughs> like, when you, if you, as soon as you looked at it, you'd be like, that's a bug. True. But um, they, obviously, if, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, back another flashback in 1940, we see Peggy trying on her wedding dress um, with her mom, and her mom's getting all kind of tearful and whatnot. And uh, her mom then gets a visit from uh, some army guys telling to tell her that Michael is dead, or or at the very least missing in action. Uh, Peggy then decides to ditch her ring and then goes to join the, the SOE. And obviously, that's when she ends up ended up uh, ends up going to war and meeting Captain America, and then come back to America, and and then Agent Carter begins. <laughs> but it was I, I quite like those flashbacks, like just to fill in a little bit of Peggy's motivation and backstory and stuff like that. I didn't like like the one when she was a kid, but the other ones I quite liked. I'm just trying to understand why you didn't like uh, the kid one. I thought it was, it was a uh, showed some great perspective. It it just gave you more perspective on the character. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's just because like this, I I just didn't really want to see flashbacks in this show, and like the way because this opened with flashbacks, I was like, ah, oh, it's flashbacks, and like uh, I, I'm not the biggest fan of flashbacks to be honest. It's mostly because of Arrow, <laughs> and how much they just I don't know why they have flashbacks in this show, but um. But yeah, like the fact that we're already in flashback mode because this is Agent Carter and this happened in the forties, so like we are in present day MCU timeline and we're we are f- already flashed back here to the forties to then flashback again to other dates, and it it was slightly confusing in this episode because they did jump around quite a lot because they pushed Peggy's timeline forward in the flashbacks and then jumped backwards in uh, Agnes's timeline. Which was very strange. Well, you know me, anyway. I'm not a big fan of time travel. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, now back in the uh, back in the present day, uh, Wilkes is kind of zoned out again looking at the board. Right. Um, he's, he mentions to Peggy that something is calling him and kind of pulling him away. And he says it would be easy to let go. And Carl tells him to hold on. They're going to fix him. And that's when they have their kind of charged moment. And uh, Tuesday gets jealous. <laughs> but it can, it's kind of like... Uh, He's seen like the the bright light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, you saw four stars, mm-hmm. and I, I I have a crazy theory that we'll get to at, at at the end of the show on this. Just remind me. Okay. I don't. I just don't want to bring it up now. I don't want to. I don't want to pull us off okay. track here. Yeah. Um. So, 
Chadwick uh, then returns home and they, they listen into their conversation with Hunt telling uh, Chadwick and Whitney Frost, I keep going to call it Emma Frost, <laughs> Chadwick and, and Whitney Frost, what he told to Carter about the, the names and whatnot that he, he gave to them. Uh, Frost, at this point, like walks around the room and closes all the curtains, just like nonchalantly in the background. Close the curtain, close the curtain. And uh, Hunt threatens them, kind of, he kind of blackmails them, saying, oh, you better protect me or I'll spill all your secrets. And uh, Frost kind of turns to her husband and says, oh, I need to show you something. And he's like, not now, I'm in the middle of something. And he's, she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> she then uh, absorbs Hunt. <laughs> she, like, grabs him by the throat and just, like, absorbs him into her hand. Which was cool. And, like, it kind of, sh- like, it was her coming out of her shell a wee bit because her husband is, uh, whilst he's kind of nice to her and they kind of operate as a team, like, he is... Like he always treats her as his, uh, not not his, not not slave or anything like that. Like his uh, inferior. Treats, inferior. That's the word I'm looking for. Yep, that's one. Uh, he basically thinks that he's better than her, and that's not really the case. <laughs> well, welcome to America in the 1940s. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we get another flashback here to 1934 this time. So, like, a, like I was saying, jumping around all over the place in the timeline because we were in, we were in 40 and then 48 or 47 and then 34. So, jumping around all over the place here, uh, we see uh, Agnes Cully looking up at a billboard and she's going to see a movie. Um, it's Teresa Montgomery in Spanish Tower. I've never seen this movie. Have you seen this one? I don't even know if it's a real movie, Andy. Oh, I bet it is. I bet. <laughs> I bet it's a. I'll. I will. I will wiki. I will Google. You. You yap. Okay, but yeah. So she is going to see this movie, and uh, the the uh, ticket, ticket person, ticket person. Is that what you got them? Yeah. Yeah, the ticket person uh, says that. Oh, I saw you here last week. Why do you want to see the same movie again? And I mean, how many times have we? Have you watched like the same movie again? Even just in the MCU, it must have watched the movies at least. I'm I'm probably at least three times for every single movie, with some of them being like ten plus. So people go and see movies more than once. Not necessarily was at the cinema right enough, but but yeah, um, the the ticket person gives her a free movie ticket, uh, which was quite nice of her. She's just like mm-hmm. gives her wings like oh this. That is fine, just there you go. And she got fired the next day. <laughs> now, uh, when she goes to go into the uh, into the cinema, though, there's a, a guy waiting outside mm-hmm. who is, yeah, his name's Ned Silver, and he says that, oh, she's got a pretty face, and is she, is she ever considered smiling? And, and when she does smile, uh, he's like, oh, would you want a modeling job? You might be able to be an actress and whatnot. Now, I don't know that this Ned Ned Silver guy, is he somebody that you're familiar with? No. I'll Google him. There is no Spanish Tower movie. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. Ned Silver? Mm-hmm. All right. You keep going. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, he, he basically offers to make her, not quite a star, but a... He asks her what her name is, and she says, oh, Agnes Cully. And he says, oh, that's not a pretty name, but the view of Hollywood is that you can call yourself whatever you want. I like the name Agnes. That was, was my grand's name, and it is one of my daughter's middle names. So there's nothing wrong with the name Agnes, Mr. Ned Kelly. <laughs> Ned Kelly or Ned Silver? Eh, no. Sorry, Ned Silver. And it is, Ned Silver, yeah. Not- and uh, no, there is no... I I try I googled Ned Silver and Marvel and the only thing that came up was the guy who played him in last night's show. <laughs> but yeah, um, so she, that's obviously how she becomes uh, Whitney Frost that we know from present day. So in the present day, like uh, Whitney Frost reveals her power to her husband, and her the the kind of black thing on her face has gotten bigger. It's like, been growing it like, the last couple of episodes. I kept wondering if. He, is it is that thing growing? Is it yeah, getting bigger I, I, and yeah, not now it now it's pretty obvious. Yes, it's getting bigger. Yeah, because it was just like a wee bit above her eyebrow before, mm-hmm. and now it's like a way down, like 
down at her cheek. Now it looks so like a Mike gotten... Tyson tattoo. Yeah, it does. That's exactly what it looks like. But yeah, and that was the end of the episode. Okay. And then it's quite uh, a weird, quite a weird ending. Yeah, it, well, it's a weird, it's a weird story this uh, year, or mm-hmm. yeah, this season. Um, I there was a lot to like. Um, this one did not have as many Easter eggs. I don't think it had any Easter eggs for that matter. Um, it moved the story. It had, I mean, it had its mo. It it had some great dialogue moments, but did yeah. it have any really holy shit or uh, amazing uh, touches or anything? No, it, I, I guess it was just kind of a setup episode. Is probably the best mm. way to put it. Is that fair? I, I would say so, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought I thought it was great. <laughs> like just because of all the like little bits and pieces of the dialogue, and like Jarvelous and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> that that's like you get. That was a Jarvelous line. It was. It really was. Like that's like a, a hashtagable thing. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna use that like when it, instead of Marvelous forever now. <laughs> But yeah, I really enjoyed the, the, the episode as a whole, and it was a nice, like, uh, pick-me-up. Like, I think I was kind of down on the, the, certainly the first two episodes. The third one's a wee bit better, but I, I really enjoyed this one. I don't like this Carter Wilkes thing, though. Not a fan of that. I hope he goes away. And I, I, I didn't, I thought that they were a bit confusing with their timeline, because they jumped around in terms of the dates too much. Would that, would that be fair, do you think? They were trying... I think the problem was they were trying to tell three stories at once. Yeah. You're telling the present-day story. You're telling uh, Peggy's origin, more or less. Mm-hmm. And you're uh, telling Whitney's origin to an extent. I think the whole... Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing... We're seeing the transformation of Agnes into Whitney. So we're getting Whitney's origin. And this the season this year is maybe Whitney's uh, transformation into Mat- Madame Mosk. Yep. If, yep, if that's where they really end up going with this. Um, so, or Venom. Yeah. Spider-Gwen. <laughs> Spider-Gwen. Oh, no, no. Although, like, she is like a bit reminiscent of Gwen Stacy, like in the, um, still in terms of character. So, um, but so so I th- I think you have you do have a point there in that you're telling three stories at once, and it did get a little convoluted, um, you know, and you know, flashbacks are apparently what all shows do these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you can blame Arrow for that. No, yep. lo- no, you got to blame Lost for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I. So, fr- from that perspective, yes, the, uh, I. It it had its low points, but it also had a lot of great uh, points. It was an entertaining story, at least the present day stuff. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I guess I just wanted more. I mean, maybe, maybe the flashbacks kind of detracted from the rest of what we were, uh, wanting to see and, uh, flesh that out. And, but I guess, you know, you gotta, you gotta squeeze this stuff in somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there was very little action in this episode, and like when they were gonna, when they were planning to raid the mm-hmm. uh, the arena club, I was like, okay, well, that's why they've gone light on action because you're gonna get a big heavy action scene at the end. But then they went, no, no, we're gonna do an audit instead. <laughs> then Red's, like, Red Red oh. comes in and screws it up. Yep. <laughs> so, which was quite funny. 
Uh, I, I was not amused <laughs> because I think I wanted that big action scene. Um, just to move it a little forward here. So here's a crazy, crazy theory for you. Mm-hmm. What if Wilkes and Whitney Frost are the MCU cloak and dagger? Okay. Okay. Now, for those that don't know who Cloak and Dagger were, they are uh, Marvel characters. In the comic books, they are teenagers that are experimented on by some gang uh, where they where they're testing out some new uh, super drug. Mm-hmm. And this su- this uh, drug triggers their latent mutant genes, and they become. <laughs> The superhero is known as Cloak and Dagger. Cloak is an African American with the ability to, uh, who's basically a, a cloak with a head. I mean, I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if he really has a body. Um, and basically, he envelops people in his cloak, sends them to a dimension, and they see all their sins and go mad most of the time. He can also use it to teleport. Dagger is a young, curvy, blonde uh, teenager Mm -hmm. who has the ability to uh, throw light daggers at people. uh, people. I don't even know what the light daggers do, honestly. But um, so we have, I mean, you look at the. The dynamic, you have Wilkes, who's an African-American, uh, disembodied to an extent, yep. mm-hmm. with uh, spectral powers. Mm-hmm. And then you have Whitney Frost, who is basically some type of vampire. She absorbs people and things like that. I And it's just... They kind of look like Cloak and Dagger. She has the Tandy uh, look. I think, it was, what's her name? Tandy Bowen, was that it? I have no idea. <laughs> I know her first um, name was uh, was Tandy. I'm more familiar with Cloak than Dagger, to be honest, because like, Cloak, they tend to use Cloak a lot in like, crossover events and, and bits and pieces where... They use him to teleport people around. <laughs> They're like, oh, someone needs to get out of here. Cloak, come come on, help us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he pops up. And he does have arms, though. Okay, yeah. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem to have, like, legs or a, or a torso, but he does have uh, arms. But he's just kind of, he's kind of just, I, I don't know, like a nothingness inside his cloak apart from that. But, yeah, like, Cloak does actually make a lot of sense. Like, yeah, that's possibly not that crazy, Chip. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be weird, but yes, and her name was Tandy Bowen. I don't think that uh, Whitney Frost fits into yeah, uh, that it's only not in terms of the power set. I mean, well, I mean, Whitney Frost up. really doesn't have all that way in the much much of powers. We looked into this last week. She's basically a strategist. She has uh, some uh, marksmanship skills. But at the end of the day, she's a chick in a mask. Well, well, I mean, that in terms of this version of it right now, where she's got the kind of symbiote thing attached to her, where she can absorb stuff. I, I mean, like that power set, like that's not thrown daggers. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just something that the way uh, she looks, she reminds me of Dagger. And then you have that the two of them got their powers together. Mm-hmm by being uh, exposed to the zero matter. And we know that the zero matter, a.k.a. dark matter, ties into Doctor Strange. And uh, Cloak's, uh, wherever he sends people, is a fairly mystical place. It's not Tahiti. Mm -hmm. It's not magical. It's mystical. (laughs) Um, So I, I was just like, hmm. It'd be a weird twist, and people would be pissed because this isn't Cloak and Dagger, but... 
I do like the theory though. Like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. It has the crazy Andy theory uh, seal of approval. I'm glad. I'm glad, Andy. <laughs> You're like fuck. This is a terrible theory. Though. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know. Like I said, it's weird. I just. <coughs> I just don't. I'm gonna give me a minute. <laughs> okay, but yeah. Um, with with the likes of Wilkes though, because he is kind of, he's just a like a light form essentially at the moment. It could mean that he wouldn't age, so it would be easy to bring him forwards into current timeline. So you could have Cloak easily in the current timeline if provided he stays in light form, because he doesn't like he says he doesn't he doesn't need to sleep, he doesn't need to eat or anything like that. All right. But yeah, that's that's quite a cool theory, Chip. I, I like that. So yeah, I was just I don't know. It's just, you know, it would be cool if it pans out, but at the same time it would suck because I really wanted, uh, I don't want my Cloak and Dagger series set in the 1950s Marvel. No, no. <laughs> no, and I think, like, uh, I know we're going to get on to talk about the ratings in a minute, but I think that they'll probably stay away from this era for any other shows. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, there's I there's a lot of good stories there, and I would that uh, I would love to see told at some point. But yeah, I don't I don't think uh, it's got. Uh, I don't think we'll be revisiting uh, the pre Marvel universe anytime soon. Mm. I, I think the the one of the problems with this show is that the it was kind of billed as being like the precursor to Agents of Shield, and like you would have the uh, the foundations of Shield revealed in this, and they haven't done that. <laughs> I mean, we I think we talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Like that's what we were looking forward to about this show, and it hasn't really panned out to be that. And they might still manage to do it by the end of the season, but I we're now what episode that was episode four there. Um, so we're now like what a third of the way through this this run, and you're, we're still you're almost at halfway. Shield. Yeah, it's so a, almost halfway. Yeah. In. No closer to it. So, but yeah, um, you you said you had the the ratings. Yes, I do. <coughs> so, so how, how are the ratings, Chip? It's not good. <laughs> it is not good. It is ooh, bad. Uh, well, these are overnights, so you know, you know, maybe the DVRs will be better. And I could go back and look. Uh, it's rating uh, about the same as the Muppets. Uh, I think that's bad. <laughs> 0. 0.8. Mm. 2.79 uh, million viewers. Mm. Uh, just to give it a little bit of a point of reference... Chicago Med won the night with a 1.6 and 7.65 million in the same time slot. And the two-hour special on the Super Bowl's greatest commercials that went from 8 till 10 got a 2.0 and 11.39 million uh, viewers. For a bunch of stuff that you could just look up on YouTube. Well, and what I'm going to say about this, and I'm going to see if I can find something. Uh, there we go, DVR ratings. Uh, once again, I don't think this is a show that, oh, let me see if this has anything, that really, you know, it's going to be a DVR show. Hmm. E even at that, though, I mean, this is a show for the hardcore Marvel fan. Like most people that casually watch Agents of Shield and they like it, they enjoy the show and whatnot, they're probably not going to watch this. I disagree. I disagree entirely. I think. You think so? Yeah, I think this is a great period piece. Um, I think it is a fantastic character. I think it is a. It, it is. It's a fun show to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see here how it's if I can find something with. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think I just don't think it's uh, showing up anywhere. 
It's not in the top 25. So I am going to guess this is the last year of of Agent Carter. Which is a shame. Um, I still would like to see see them tie it in to the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm. whether or not they manage to do that by the end of this season, probably not. Like in terms of getting uh, Peggy to the stage of going to Howard Stark and how her and Howard Stark making shield. I don't think we're gonna get to see that by the end of the season, unfortunately. No, probably not. Just but yeah, I I I do enjoy the show and like the the dialogue in the show is brilliant, especially between uh, Jarvis and Carter is phenomenal. It is a well-produced, well-acted, well-directed, and well-scripted show. Yep. And probably better than 90% of the drack that is on TV uh, most nights. At least network television. As far as the uh, all the other comic book shows go, though, it's probably on the lower end of the scale in terms of the... the like which for certainly for me, like which ones I prefer. Like it's not it's no one near as good as Shield or Flash or uh, it's probably on it's probably actually better than Arrow because <laughs> Arrow is not good at the moment. All right, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, I I liked Arrow at the beginning of the season, but now yeah, I can see where you're going with that because it's. I don't know. I, I don't like the latest storyline on Nero. No. I, what happened? Arrow. The problem with Arrow is that Arrow gave all his good stuff to Flash, <laughs> and Flash is a phenomenal show. And Arrow is like got the leftovers, basically. <laughs> so, all right. So, Andy, uh, I think we can wrap this thing up. Yeah, yeah. I think you said we did have a tweet. Oh yes, um, we about, did have one tweet. About this episode. And I was looking. I didn't see anything over on Facebook. Sorry, I was still. I was looking. Uh, I was scanning just to see if it showed up anywhere uh, in the ratings, and no, it's not. Uh, mm. The live plus seven numbers aren't there either. Uh, this is just from Timothy uh, Hernandez, who agrees that Jarvelous is definitely definitely his new catchphrase. Yes, and I th- <laughs> I think it needs to be used at um, Marvel panels. hundred percent. Yep. And, you know, if if you meet um, Bendis or Jeff Loeb or somebody and they ask how you're doing, the proper response will be, I'm Jarvelous. Absolutely, yep. And I would love to see them work it in for the vision to say it at some point as well. It would, it would be so funny. That would be good. Or, and I would, or, um, yeah, I would like to see... Um, the, the Vision visit Tony Stark's house mm-hmm. and uh, see what he has to say there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, Andy, when you're not feeling Jarvelous, where can people find you? So you can find me on point to level one, uh, Trying to feel Ali's Jarvelous? Uh, is that... Uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, every Tuesday at 4.30 Eastern, 9.30. Did Grand I call Queen, you Ali? Pacific. Uh, no, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> um, we broadcast live on allgames.com every Tuesday at those times. Um, we talk everything, movies, TV, shows, video games, and sometimes comic books. Um, and you can find all our episodes on Forge Level 1, as well as allgames.com and all good podcast apps and iTunes. And I can be found every Tuesday night as well on allgames.com on the B-Team podcast with my co-host Ryan, Fred, and Eli. We talk games, we talk tech, and we talk some television. Uh, another, well, you were part of it last night. You know how long that diatribe went on. Um, <laughs> we have a good time, and sometimes we just get off on topics, and we will just talk forever, especially when Andy's on. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> check it's it out. It's always my fault. Yes, it is always your fault. But check <laughs> made, it out. Hmm? Made up for it tonight. It's a yes. short show today. Yes. <laughs> so, but uh, check out the show if you get a chance. 
we will be back next week. We only have one episode. I don't know what to say anymore. Um, you can, of course, you can catch this show uh, on allgames.com Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, where it's broadcast, quote-unquote, for the first time. So thanks for, to All Games for uh, letting us hang out on the network still. Uh, we will see you guys next week. And I don't care how jarvelous you feel. Don't touch Lola. Night, guys. I'm going to break the locks and open up the box. Because I was out in the cold searching, kind of lost. I noticed I was hopeless, but now I'm focused. I wrote this because I let go, but now I hold this. And now I'm on to bigger things and better things. And now I'm figuring the world and I'm settling. This is the right path, I'm stepping in Nothing but positive energy, I'm letting in I gotta let go of everything I fear now I gotta let go of everything I'm here now And I'm a girl with a plan, right here where I stand I got the world in my hands